On this episode of the World of CONCACAF podcast, we head to the British Virgin Islands and tell you why there's a British Virgin Islands and talk about their soccer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Concaf podcast. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Sleep. And I'm Donald Wine. And it's been a minute, but we are back with a CONCACAF laser focus episode. Um, we spun the wheel trying to find like the best, best possible episode to do. And I think we found like the shortest possible episode to do. It's it's the be it's the British Virgin Islands. It's they're tiny. We'll we'll yeah. talk about it. There's not much there. Um, I said before we started recording that uh, this will not go over 30 minutes because we will not give uh, you more than one minute per thousand people on the island (laughs) or islands. Islands. Yes. There's a plethora of islands here. And yes, this is going to be a pretty quick episode. Not much to talk about. We want to give you kind of the scope going what's up with the British Virgin Islands. You know, they're they're like the definition of a minnow. With even within CONCACAF, they are a minnow, not just worldwide. Um, but yeah, that's what laser focus is for. We want to talk about, we want to get in the nuance, we want to teach you about all of these little countries that exist around CONCACAF and make up our soccer world. So the British Virgin Islands, just a little background on the country. The British Virgin Islands is a British overseas territory, if you couldn't tell by the name British. Um, and we'll get into the disambiguation in a minute. Uh, part of the Leeward Islands. Uh, it's just east of Puerto Rico and northwest of Anguilla. It's part of the, they call it the Virgin Islands Ar- Archipelago, um, part of the West Indies. It consists of four main islands, Tortola, Virgin Gorda, Anagata, and Jost Van Dyke, which those are very, you see like the differing, you know, backgrounds of the development of the islands. Uh, the capital is Road Town, which I'm guessing is an old town. It's called Road Town. And uh, it's the island's population. It's just over 30,000 people. It is not, not a large country, per se. Uh, the islands were named by Christopher Columbus, who, quote unquote, discovered them in 1493. Uh, the legend of St. Ursula and the 11,000 virgins. Eventually, they dropped the Ursula part and went with just Virgin Islands. And I'm sure you were asking, what is the difference between the British Virgin Islands and the U.S. Virgin Islands? Well, originally, the British Virgin Islands were just Virgin Islands. They didn't even, like, dis- they didn't even say it was like, this is the British side. It was just Virgin Islands. In 1917, the U.S. purchased the Danish West Indies and renamed them the U.S. Virgin Islands. So you had the U.S. Virgin Islands and then just Virgin Islands. And eventually, 
after having to specify so much, the British were just like, no, it's just the British Virgin Islands. That's their Virgin Islands. Just call it British Virgin Islands. But they used to even have it on passports. Like they still for a while were just like, no, these are the Virgin Islands in Britain. Like Britain only has one, so we don't need to distinguish. And if you had a passport from the British Virgin Islands, it just said Virgin Islands on it. And then after a while, even that, I believe, had to switch. And I think there's still some circulating to this day that have just Virgin Islands on it. So if you see one, yeah, they ain't American. They're they're <laughs> they're British. Yeah, like they they still haven't said like specifically everything has to say British. They're just like, yeah, just kind of try to specify there. Um as you could tell, Columbus discovered it, and it's called the British now. You, you can tell there's some jostling for control. Between the time it was found, quote-unquote, and today, the Spanish had it for a bit, the English were fighting over it, the Dutch were fighting over it, the French were fighting over it, Span- Spain was doing it, uh, the Danish were jostling for some control, um, not to mention all the pirates and stuff. Um it changed hands a lot and you get this very odd mixing of all these cultural influences. Um, it was a, because of like the sugarcane production, uh, Britain had brought many slaves over from Africa. And that's kind of what you see. The descendants of those slaves are pretty much the majority of the population now. Um so you get this mix of that history uh, into what you have today. Um, Donald, Jonathan, have either of you guys been there? No, no, I've been to, uh, I think both Donald and I have been to the U.S. Virgin Islands, uh, mm-hmm. but not the British ones. Okay. So in your research, what have you found about the British ones that's remarkable as far as like their country, their culture? Uh, I mean, I would say the big thing is um, it is a quite a mixture of a lot of different cultures. So, um, you know, you said about 30,000 people there, Um, you know, half of the country's workforce is thought is foreign. Uh, So people of various, uh, you know, whether it be British, African um, and even some uh, for other European, you know, kind of makeup there. Um, Sailing is like the biggest thing probably there like as far as like from both a sport and a um just the culture of it it's you know considered the sailing capital of the world um more like that's like one of the first thing that people learn to do when living there is um how uh to uh how to sail and a lot of the country is you know it's all driven by tourism uh you know so a lot of if you look at i think they said that on average, like I think 59% of the people working in there work in the service injury and tourism of some type of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very heavily, you'll get a lot of, it's kind of an amalgamation of other Caribbean cultures. You'll get some some stuff there around, you know, some Trinidadian influences, some Jamaican influences. Uh, it kind of um, is a amalgamation of a lot of different kind of Caribbean cultures there. So a lot of the going back to the sport, you know, in addition to sailing, I mean, we'll, we'll get sailing in a second, but sailing, cricket, basketball are their three biggest sports. They actually have one of the uh, the major Caribbean basketball tournaments there, you know, every couple of years. But the biggest thing, as Jonathan mentioned, the biggest thing they have is sailing and the biggest event that they have is the spring regatta. 
uh, every year. It's the premier sailing event of the Caribbean. Some say the world. Um, and everyone from all over, uh, you know, think America's Cup, like, you know, that that's like the major trophy that people uh, who are in sailing kind of play for. Or I, I don't know, play, but uh, the sail for. Um, but they all test their medal at the spring regatta because that's where the best of the best show up to try and do. And there's all different categories of sailing from the big ships to the small ships, all of these different sailing categories. So everyone comes to the British Virgin Islands for that particular event. I will say this. There's one interesting thing that they have there, and that is uh, their traditional music. And the traditional music is called fungi like yes like mm-hmm. multiple fungus um <laughs> is also the name of a local dish it's a local cornmeal dish and it's called fungi so it's named after that which is uh it's a cornmeal dis- dish that's made with okra but the special sound of fungi is kind of like a fusion between african and european beats you have uh what are called scratch bands the fungi bands they use you know instruments that range from calabash washboards bongos ukuleles to more western instruments like saxophones banjos guitars and basses so it's really interesting definitely want to check it out it also kind of bleeds into the u.s virgin islands as well this is more of again as a as an amalgamation of of a whole area um that particular part of their culture really is uh that's the most unique thing they have um and so that's something that definitely again Fungi, you'll never forget the name. Once you hear the music, it's kind of interesting, but you'll never forget the name because you'll you'll hear and you're like, why is it called fungi? I don't know. Uh, but it's very, very, it's very interesting. Nice. All right. Well, let's get down to it. Let's talk about well, it's the British Virgin. So we'll call it football for them. Um, Jonathan, what's the scene like for soccer in the country? Yeah, so seen soccer-wise, so the BVIFA uh, oversees all of both the national teams and the uh, club game there. That was founded in 1974. In 94, they became an associate member of CONCACAF, uh, became a full member of CONCACAF in 96 when they also became a um, full member of FIFA. Uh, One of the more interesting things I found about the men's national team is Andre Villas Boas, who one time, uh, you know, Spurs manager, he's managed a lot of different teams before he came on uh, to staff uh, at Porto with uh, Jose Mourinho was actually the technical director of the British Virgin Islands Federation. So um, one of the more interesting things, it's a very young game there. So the National League there, there's 10 teams in it. Um, we're going to dive in. Donald's going to dive a little bit more on the men's game. Um, but just actually as of June of this year, had their first ever professional player. So Luca Chalwell um, signed for Eastleigh FC in the English National League um, and became the first ever professional player there. That's awesome. And you really see these young countries, you know, growing the game. And it's like, that's a huge milestone for them to have a actual professional player. Um, um, and I'll say probably the, the last game. thing before we continue is so um, the main stadium is the AO Shirley Recreation Ground uh, in Road Town. And it is actually, I think, tw- 10 of, uh, 
yeah, all 10 of the teams play their games there. So um, pretty much everybody in the league plays their games there, even though they may be spread out um, throughout there. But of course, it's also where they play their cricket matches as well. And they just recently had their first um, newly certified FIFA field. So um, East End slash Long Look Football Stadium in the British Virgin Islands. It was a part of uh, FIFA's um, FIFA Ford uh, Foundation uh, and so synthetic pitch. So first one to be opened uh, in the in the island in some time. It's awesome. Great for the growth of the game. Uh, let's talk about the women's side before we get to the men's side. Uh, so the women's national team for the British Virgin Islands. As we've discussed with many of these islands, sometimes it's tough to get information because they're it's scant when it comes to some of these national teams. <laughs> Uh, according to the FIFA website, Wayne Phillips is currently the manager. Uh, kind of an odd spot for the women's national team right now. Uh, they're currently ranked 181st in the world in the FIFA rankings. In the upcoming Road to W Gold Cup qualifying, it's kind of a weird scenario, and I'm through all my research, I could not find an answer for it. On April 27th, when CONCACAF announced the format and the pots for the draw for the road to W gold cup qualifying. Uh, they were placed in league C with other islands of their ilk. And a couple weeks later, the CONCAF sent on an update because a couple teams who weren't initially part of the group uh, were added in. And on this May 10th update, the British Virgin Islands was nowhere to be found. It just disappeared. I couldn't find any reason. I don't know what's going on with the program. Don't know when they're, they've got any games held. It looks like the Federation has been doing some uh, women's football festivals. Uh, they've got a girls' development program trial that's supposed to be announced in September. Don't have much information on that. What I do have information on is their last match part of women's world cup qualifying in their most recent match in April of 2022 as part of women's world cup qualifying British Virgin Islands took the, took a loss to Haiti by a score of 21 to zero. That was their last international match. Uh, Obviously we know Haiti quite good qualified for the world cup. British Virgin Islands gave up 21 goals and in their defense, only 20 of them were scored by Haiti. There's a, there was one own goal mixed in there. Um, but lots of room for development. We're going to be positive here. Uh, and we hope to have more information on their program soon. So that's the women's side. Donald, men's side, where are they at? Well, they're not much better. Uh, they're currently 206th in the world. Their highest ranking was 160th back in November of 2002. We'll get to why they were so high in just a second the first international match they haven't been around that long at least playing on the international level their first international match was back in 1985 they defeated anguilla their largest defeat was back in 2010 when they lost uh to the to the dominican republic 17 to nothing so uh you had a 21 nothing on on the women's side 17 out on the men's side their largest victory also in, in 1990 uh that was over anguilla six to nothing they don't have a lot of history. Their most caps is Carlos Septis. He has the most caps in 
the history of the British Virgin Islands with 24. I we have we have guys that got 20 caps last year. So like <laughs> that's putting in perspective what we're talking about here. The most goals, Avondale Williams, his five. Like that's that's I mean, we're talking about a team that doesn't score a lot, they don't have a lot of history. They've never qualified for a World Cup, never qualified for a gold cup, never qualified for a Caribbean Cup, or really came close to either of those. And Eric, we were talking about this before the show. You mentioned in your research that they have not won a match of any kind since 2012. That's right. They, they've, they had a couple draws in league C in the nation's league in this past round. So uh, it was the first time they got a result in the nation's league, but they have not won a match of any kind since 2012. And they have not won a competitive match. World Cup qualifier, gold cup qualifier, something like that since 2004. I can't tell you what that is, but I can tell you what that ate. Great. <laughs> that ain't great. So, the issue for them is right now they don't play any friendlies. They only play in the Nations League essentially over la- at least over the last few years. That's all they've really played. And they need to build up a program. And to do that, they need to play consistent matches. And so it seems like the only matches that they are getting are through Nations League and World Cup qualifying, which for them, you know, it lasted like, you know, two games before they were mm-hmm. effectively eliminated. So this is their dilemma is they have to figure out a way to get more games as they do that. That's how they can can build a program, especially when you consider some of their island counterparts. Yeah, they may also be struggling, but it feels like they play a lot more games than the BVI does. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, even if we look at the fact that like they just had their first professional player. I mean, right. uh, that's not been the case with any other country that we've talked about. Even you know the likes of Anguilla um, have professional players that play for them. And we're just now getting to that point with uh, BVI. And the biggest issue that I see with the British Virgin Islands is that they are not getting any help from their parent country, right? Like when you think about all of the territories that we do have in CONCACAF, a lot of them have players that go to the parent country, right? Like French Guiana has players that play in France. You know, St. Martin had, had people playing in France, you know, we have these, uh, you know, the Dutch, the, the the Dutch, the Spanish, they all have kind of influences and they have players going back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. Aruba and, and you think about Jamaica where Jamaica was like, now you came and took some of our players. Now we're going to go back and get some of your players and bring them and have them play for Jamaica. So you kind of have that reverse trend going in some of these places. But for the British Virgin Islands, that hasn't been working, um, or at least that hasn't been something that, that has been done. And it may be because of how small it is, but it's not like there's a lot of guys going over. Remember, these guys are British citizens, so they would be able to go and play in Europe um, under that British passport. And it doesn't seem like those uh, those advantages are there for them yet. And I think that is going to need to be addressed as well moving forward. Yeah, you don't see them doing the kind of recruiting that other countries have been successful with and getting guys with heritage to come back. The one thing I will give British Virgin Islands is that they've got great social and media presence. Like of some of these islands, it's really hard to find out what's going on. British Virgin Islands, their FA has been very good about getting information out there and having information available, which that might be part of the recruitment too, right? Yeah. Hey, we're here. Come, come, you know, come take a look and be a part of this. 
And it's great for nerds like us who want to learn more about these countries and can get have access to find out what's going on in the National League and stuff like that. Uh, you did speak about Nations League. I do want to note British Virgin Islands in the upcoming 23-24 Nations League, their League C, Group C, they're paired up with Dominica and the Turks and Caicos Islands. Uh, so those games will be happening this fall. Turks and Caicos, not ranked much higher than Virgin Islands. And because of the current formatting, a second-place team from a League C group is going to get promoted to League B. So even if you're getting draws, there is potential for British Virgin Islands to get put into a platform to play greater competition. And good luck with that. So I think we're going to take a quick break. And then it's time for everyone's favorite, the fan favorite, real team or fake team. All right, we're back. We've been talking British Virgin Islands. Time to talk about some nonsense team names. Uh, This is real team or fake team. Donald Jonathan got six names of teams. I got to figure out which ones are real, which ones are fake. Uh, Jonathan is not allowed to turn off his camera. Oh, he's holding a book over his face. That's bullshit. <laughs> I can't. No, no. Yep. We got to keep this fair. Jonathan. Yeah, I'm that. What uh, was keeping it fair? Okay. All right. Which one? Are you gamesmanship, go baby. I'm going to go first. Okay. One Love United FC. One Love United FC? Yes. One Love United. It it seems so stereotypical Caribbean. I'm going real. That is a real team. That is your reigning champions of the... British Virgin Islands National League. Nice. All right. So the next team that we have for you is Sugar Kings slash Queens. And the name changes depending on who was the monarch. So right now it is the Sugar Kings, but it's only been the Sugar Kings for about a year now. Is it spelled with an S or a Z? With an S. Both Kings and Queens are spelled with S. I'm going fake. Those are fake. Yes, uh, those are fake. I wish they I said, were real. I said fake because it seemed very convoluted, but also I would have really appreciated that being real. But I appreciate I being right. It was real, but it's not. <laughs> um. All right. So next, next team. Uh, so you're two for two here. Road Town City. I'm going fake. That is a fake team. So three for three. So the next one that we have for you is Positive FC. Positive FC? Is it spelled funny? Is there a Z in there? There is no Z. That sounds fake. Positive FC is a real team. They are part of the first division and positively real. 
Um, oh man, Mount Sage FC. Mount Sage FC. I mean, they're islands. There's got to be mountains. Mount Sage. I'll go real. That is a fake team. Mount Sage is the highest point in the British Virgin Islands on the island of Tortola, but that is a fake team. So you are four for five. No, he's missed two. No, I'm oh, three for um three for five. Three for three for five. Three for five. Sorry, yeah. three for five. Sorry, yeah. three for five. So this is the final one, right? All right. So the final one is Wolves FC, and Wolves is spelled with a U. <laughs> Why is it spelled with a U? It's spelled with a U. <laughs> S or a Z? S. That, that sounds that sounds like it can't be fake, so I'm going real. Wolves FC with a U is a real team. Um, <laughs> the name is reportedly attributable to a historical typographical error when the club was founded. So I guess someone because the you know the U and the V are, are, are nowhere near each other on a keyboard, someone typed in U instead of V and they just kept it. I do they are a real team. So four, four for six, Eric. Um, I'm, I'm keep, pleased with that. Um, so I do want to say, like, the teams here have some of the most stereotypical names. So current first division teams include Islanders FC, Sugar Boys with an S FC, mm-hmm. uh, One Love FC, um, VG United. Lionheart FC, Rebels FC, Panthers FC, and Old Madrid FC. Um, also, also, I do think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Donald. Also, there is a C Argo FC. Uh, the VG United yes. is Virgin Gorda United, but okay. we could not confirm that if that these this team was still around. But as of 2020, there was a High Rune Stars. Yes, High Rune, as in. The Vinci beer. Yes. Oh, there man. was a high rune stars as of 2020. I we we couldn't confirm whether they were still around, so we we didn't want to use them in the uh real team fake team. God, yeah, I, I wanna, do also I want jerseys so bad. So some of the <laughs> defunct team names, VG Ball Stars and Ball Stars being one. And then also when I was looking up um uh teams and then like history of who has won the league. I cannot determine what made this happen, but in the 14-15 season and the 15-16 season, both Islanders FC and Sugar Boys um, are listed as the champions, but they are listed as nine-a-side champions. Yes. They played nine-a-side those two years. They didn't play a full 11 on 11. Is it because I'm really Uh, interested to know why. Like is I'm, it I'm gonna guess guys? it was hurricane related because that was when Irma came through. Yeah, Irma was in 2017. Um, oh, then then I yeah I then we have I have I could not, I could not find anything that of why th- that happened. Yeah, it could. I mean, 
I was speculating that it was either lack of players or lack of facilities that would that would allow for 11 v 11. But like, you know, if you're playing nine v nine, you might as well play 11 v 11 on, you know, unless you're playing on NYCFC's field. Nine v nine and 11 v 11 is about the same. So but at the same time, we couldn't figure out what that was and why why it was happening. But it was they made it very clear. Again, you talked about how great their social media has been. They were very clear on their website that those were nine aside champions and that was it. Very interesting. Very interesting. Oh, a successful round of real team or fake team. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. Like I said, very quick, quick episode. Uh, Donald, where can people find you now? Yeah. So I'm at USA soccer cast. Uh, that is my, uh, other podcast that will be coming out with stuff. Uh, very, very soon to recap all the World Cup and, and everything that's happened this summer. Uh, and also stars and stripes fc.com where I've been writing uh basically the last you know month and a half about the uh World Cup and the Gold Cup. So come find me there. Um and you can find me once the League's Cup is uh over at uh Broadway Sports Media. I have been um taking a uh um a hiatus due to protest over the validity <laughs> of the league's cup. So I will return once that is over, but you can find a lot of other great stuff there um, at uh, Broadway sports media. Yep. And you can find us on social media at pod calf. Uh, make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Um Check out our store on spring, get all your, World of CONCACAF merchandise. All that supports the podcast and making sure this happens uh, whenever we can find the time to do it. <laughs> but uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes soon. Nations Leagues are on the corner, and there's more islands to talk about. So we'll see you next time.